be patient and don't look at Instagram and see a picture out of a cat on top of a mountain and think that that's exactly what you have to do or that that cat necessarily walked up there and is way better than your cat. Like be realistic about your expectations um, and just be happy with whatever your cat wants to do. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Hi everyone, I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. You know the drill. Before we jump into today's exciting chat, we would love it if you could take a screenshot of your phone, upload it to Instagram stories, tag us at catexplorer.community and our awesome guests at jack underscore hikes underscore and let us know that you're listening along we can't wait to hear what you think of today's episode and all, all your main takeaways i believe today's review is from locky red cat we love this podcast we really love to explore with our cat locky and we're happy to have this huge cat explorer community for information exchange Furthermore, we're so thankful for this podcast. Every episode, one person out of the community joins Hassar and Daniel and talks about their experiences while exploring with their cats and give advice about exploring. We've learned a lot from the podcast and we're so happy to have it. Keep it up. Thanks so much for that lovely review, Lockie Red Cat. And if you'd love for your review to be read out during the Cat Explorer podcast, just leave a review on Apple iTunes or on Stitcher. I've included a link in the episode description that helps show you how to leave a review. So just click on the episode description and you'll see that there. Thank you so much. What we love about getting to know so many of you is hearing what you're passionate about. We first reached out to our guest today to learn more about her hiking kitty, Jack. Not only did Morgan share about Jack, she shared about how passionate she was about fostering cats. We're so excited to learn more about Jack, about being a foster kitty parent. Welcome to the podcast, Morgan. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. We're really excited. So we'd love to hear a little bit about Jack. How did he come into your life? Um, So actually, we started fostering cats before we got Jack. Um, We weren't 100% sure that we were ready for the commitment of a long-term cat. Um, And so we thought that fostering cats would give us like an idea of what it would be like to live with a cat because I'd never owned one before. Um, And so we got a foster cat and it was not Jack. And within 24 hours, I was like, oh, my God, I have to have a cat. Um, And that cat actually ended up getting adopted within a week. So we couldn't adopt him. Um, And the next week I was like, I am going to adopt a cat as soon as possible. Um, And I had kind of always known that I wanted a cat that would hike with me or would go out on a leash. And so we looked for cats that were younger and had like adventurous and energetic personalities. Um, And so then we found Jack and his pictures were cute. So we adopted him. That's about oh, it. That's so awesome. I love that. I love that um, you were looking, particularly looking for a cat who was adventurous. Was there anything in particular that helped you decide that he's he was adventurous? Um, so the shelter that we go to, that we adopted Jack from, is the same one that we um, we foster through, and mm-hmm. so they live in homes with with people. And so you really get to know their personality before you adopt them. And so the, his foster mom had written that he loved looking out the window, that he was more energetic than any other cat. Um, and so we were like, Oh, maybe he really think would like to be outside and exploring with all that energy. And it turned out to be right. 
Yeah, that's so awesome because we often get asked, how do we pick a cat that could be a great cat explorer? And it's kind of really hard because you need to know their personality. You can't just go to go to the pound and be like, I want that cat because you it, don't know. Exactly. I kind of like done research. I'd been trying to figure it out. Um, and I think that obviously you can take any cat outside um, at the level that they want to go. But really, we had really wanted one that would like go for long walks with us. Um, and so we definitely picked out a younger and more energetic one um, for that for that reason. Yeah, that makes sense. So tell us a little bit about Jack. What's he like? Um, so Jack has definitely mellowed over the past two years that we've had him. Um, but he loves being outside and he loves eating grass outside. (laughs) And, um, when he's at home, he spends most of his time in his hammock. Um, in the past six months, we've been dealing with him having some like OCD and stress issues. Um, so right now he's actually on Prozac, which unfortunately has made him a little less energetic. Um, and he doesn't like walking quite as much as he used to, but we're hoping that that's not a long-term change in his personality that we'll be able to wean him off the Prozac in the next few months and go back to exploring as much as we were doing before. Okay. So it sounds like it's somewhat similar to Lumos in some stages (laughs) and that he's, yeah, it gets a bit stressed and OCD and stuff and, but he's also got that bundle of energy and it's a handful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot. I, I didn't really know that cats could have like OCD before I had Jack. Um, and we love him for all of his <laughs> quirks. Um, but we're happy. We're happy he's doing well on the Prozac. And he still likes to be outside. He just is a little bit more mellow than I think he would be off of it. So we talked about hikes with Jack and his mm-hmm. Instagram handles related to that. But we also know he does t- other types of cat exploring. Can you tell us what sort of types of cat exploring that Jack does? Yeah, I mean, I think the main one is that we go for hikes. Um, we also have gone camping with him. I think that's the big other one, um, which I guess goes along with hiking because uh, we do it at the end of we do it at the end of hikes. Um, I we've taken him to beaches, which he does not enjoy very much because of the water and the heat. Um, other than that, I think that hiking really is the main the main way and going for walks in our neighborhood sometimes when we can't get to hiking trails is really the main things. Hopefully in the future we'll be able to do more water activities, but we just he hasn't he hasn't grown to love water like I had hoped. <laughs> I think water is one of those ones that you never really know if your cat's going to enjoy it because like for example, Lumos and Oxy they'll play in the sink and and they'll play in the bathtub. Mhm. But they and they they'd cross a creek, but they probably wouldn't like when we go to the beach. They prefer to play in the sand rather than play in the waves. Yeah, I'm not I sure whether Jack- that's the noise factor of it or whether it's the water side of it though. Yeah, Jack is very happy to cross a creek and get his paws wet, but he hasn't. I've I've tried putting him in water a little bit, but I think you can't force a cat to like it. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's take it right back to the beginning. How did you harness train Jack and get him started on walking on the leash? Yeah, so since I knew that I wanted Jack to go out on walks and potentially hikes with us, um, I had bought the harness actually before we adopted him, so I was very ready. Um, so I kind of wanted it just to be what part of his life with us when he came into our lives, like this was just what he did. And so 
like his first or second day, I put the harness on him and I started trying to clicker train him. Um, And so teaching him that he got a treat when he got a clicker, when he had the harness on was a good way to distract him from it and to teach him to walk on it. Um, And then I slowly put a, once he was used to the harness, I put a leash on him and I clicker trained, like trained him to walk towards me on the leash. And it definitely, he's definitely not the most clicker trained cat, but I think it definitely helped in the beginning teach him to know what we expected from him. Um, And then once he got used to that in the apartment, we started going outside to our little courtyard. And then we were lucky enough to have a big wooded park near our house. So we went to small little like quiet parts of that park where no one else would scare him or there aren't cars or anything and started taking him for small walks. Um, And then after that, we kind of just jumped in and drove to a hiking trail and was like, all right, (laughs) we're going to do a big hike. And I hope that this goes well. And luckily enough, it did. So speaking of that hiking trail, can you talk us a bit more through that first experience and, you know, did you do anything special to sort of get him used to it? Honestly, I think that we were, we didn't really. Um, I think that we had done enough where we had built up a base of trust and he knew what to expect when the lease tugged on him. So he didn't freak out and he trusted us when we were outside because of like the short little things. Um, and then he just realized what it took us maybe like 20 minutes of him getting used to being outside. And then he kind of got the hang of it of us of following behind us. Um, and he kind of just, he just hiked it. <laughs> He was born to do it. That's so awesome. And it's it's interesting. Like we think, oh, we have to do all this training when we get on a hiking trail. But the more and more people I speak to about it, they get on a hiking trail. You have that first 20 or so minutes where the cat is like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. And then they suddenly just get it and they're just hiking. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like when I talk to people about how I train Jack, that um, might just be that I might not be like the best advice, because in some ways you kind of just have to like throw yourself into it and do it. And like some cats get to get it and maybe some cats don't. But um, I can't take too much credit for what I did. I think that Jack was Jack wanted to do it himself. I couldn't have forced him to do it if he didn't want to. Yeah, I completely understand that. We actually have that situation where we have a cat who loves hiking and then we have a cat who hates it. So Noxie loves hiking. You put her on a, you get to a hiking trail and you can't wait, like she can't wait till we pass the cars to get onto the hiking trail because she just wants to jump out and run. Whereas Lumos is like, no, I'm sitting in the backpack for the whole hike. And if there's anywhere that goes slightly uphill, I'm refusing to walk uphill. (laughs) Interesting. Does he like walking on sidewalks more then? Yeah, he does actually, especially around our house or um, if we're going for a walk, he likes sidewalks, but hiking trails, no, not doing it at all. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I, Jack definitely loves walking uphill. Sometimes he had, he won't walk downhill, but like if there are rocks that he can jump up and kind of climb, he just like takes off and we have to sprint after him. Um, there's something about jumping around that he really likes, I think. Actually, that's, that's got a question that I've been wondering for a while. So I used to run a lot, so I don't have the best knees because of the pressure of running on the footpaths and things. And so Noxie loves sprinting on hiking trails and on those rocks and stuff like that. Have you had any situations where you felt like you were going to fall? <laughs> so a little bit. I think that I'm at an advantage because when we don't take jack hiking, we trail run. Um, so oh, okay. I think that I feel pretty comfortable, like, running after him Uh, sometimes he goes faster than I can um but I generally feel pretty comfortable like jogging up some rocks after him if Mm. if need be (laughs) 
But (laughs) there's definitely been times where if he got up, I I don't think I would have been able to get him down. So that's when obviously the leash is important. Mm, Yeah, definitely. And I like I think I've had a moment where Noxie was running down like it was a slightly muddy trail. There was a lot of rocks and she was just sprinting and I was like I cannot <laughs> run as fast as you <laughs> I was like my knee hurts too I'm getting I, old slow down uh, Noxy <laughs> you only have two legs to her four <laughs> I know she's so fast but yeah it's yeah. it's something that I've been thinking about recently because I was like if I go hiking with just her and me if I fall we're a bit screwed yeah and I think yeah. that w- part of that reason is why I have like two leashes and I always have Jack attached to the backpack that we keep him in with like a second leash because if he takes off and I lose my footing I don't want to drop like I don't want to drop his leash and him be able to run off and us never find him again in the rocks um so I like having like that second backup definitely makes me feel more comfortable in those situations okay so is that like a normal leash that you just connected to your backpack Yeah, so we have a retractable leash, and then we have a normal leash that we had bought originally and then realized a retractable worked better, and I just, like, carabiner it onto my backpack and then loop it through the end of the retractable leash, so he's always attached to me, to me, and then I hold the leash. Okay, so it's attached to the leash, so the leash on your backpack is attached to the leash that you hold. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of okay, carabinered onto the yep. backpack and then it's looped through the handle of the retractable leash. And then I hold the retractable leash and it's there as a backup. Okay. That makes a lot of sense because I was like confused a little bit. If the, there was two leashes, what if one's longer than the other, but that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's kind of just as a backup, a safety measure, because I just, I don't think Jack's personality. I think that if he ran away from us, I don't know whether he would come back. <laughs> He's an independent cat. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's also like they're just so excited to be out there as well and see some things and yeah I completely understand that one yeah so a while ago we did a catspiration feature on Jack on the Cat Explorer website and one of the questions that I ask is what's been the hardest thing about exploring with Jack and I really liked your answer because it's so true so you said that um I'm going to paraphrase a little bit so I'll put a link to your catspiration in the show notes if anyone wants to go and check it out but what you said was something along the lines of that sometimes it can take a lot of time and it can be fairly dull like one day Jack will hike like six miles he'll be happy and then the next week he'll just refuse and it can be frustrating and you can feel like you've lost all the progress that you've made but it's important to not get discouraged and um try again another day and I completely agree with you do you have any examples of times where you felt frustrated with Jack's cat exploring and can you tell us a little bit about it and did you have a great experience after that as well yeah definitely so I think that sometimes when I have like we have a really good hike with Jack I'm so proud of him and it makes me so excited that then I think oh well we can like do more so we went we've done like a six mile hike and Jack did really wonderful so we were like oh let's go hike this bigger mountain it would be like nine miles and a few miles in Jack just was like no I'm not doing this anymore and this was before we had bought a backpack and I'd kind of always thought oh I can do this without like a backpack especially for him like he's gonna just be like this hiking cat that can do whatever I want 
Um, and just a few miles in, he just like refused to walk and he also refused to be carried. And I had just a normal backpack and he refused to sit in that. Um, and so every few minutes we had to just like shift him and try to like carry him. He kind of wanted to be on my shoulder, um, but would get mad after a few minutes. So we had to just make it through the end of this nine mile hike. Um, and we got to the top and he was kind of cranky, but he was okay. And then obviously he just like was happily happy to run back to the end of the car after we put in all this work of carrying him to the top of the mountain. Uh, And it just, (laughs) at the end, I was like, I think he can't do what I want him to do. Like this isn't, and it just made me really adjust my perspective of maybe like, I don't have to push him to do the best, like the best viewpoint or the biggest mountain. It's really more about making him like happy and giving him experiences that he'll enjoy. And we've purchased a backpack. Um, so now on hikes, when we go with him, if he's tired, he is very happy just to sit in his like comfortable backpack. And it kind of really just shifted my perspective of feeling like I had to do the most with him at all times to being like, we just want to keep everyone happy. And even if he wants to just like sit there and chew grass for 20 minutes, like that's what we're going to do. And we're going to be outside and he's going to enjoy it. So yeah, I think that that was probably the worst, but it also taught us a lot and it really shifted my perspective. It's so true because like, like us, they have moods, I suppose. And sometimes they're just not into it. Like, cause you can find that we've done hikes like we've gone away for travel and stuff and we've done great hikes and then the next day the well the day the day the two days later you know you think they can do another hike but they sometimes just don't really feel like it and they just like you said ready to eat grass and flop and sit in the sun all day so yeah you know, that's what it is and you've said it so well that it's all just about their happiness and they're taking that perspective of just looking after them and going at their pace as opposed to what our pace would be or what pace we have in our heads Yeah, exactly. And I think people always ask me whether Jack enjoys hiking, especially people we meet on the trail. And I always say, have you ever seen a cat do what it doesn't want to do? Like if he didn't want to be doing this, he wouldn't do it. And when he isn't enjoying it, he makes it very clear. So I think most cats are probably like that. So you kind of just have to go by their moods Mm -hmm. and embrace it when they're in good moods. (laughs) So Jack's not the only kitty you have now. So you recently adopted a kitty sibling for Jack called Oliver. Can you talk us a little bit about Oliver and your thought process with him as to how you envision developing him, whether as an indoor kitty or as a cat explorer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think we adopted Oliver in April. He was actually our foster cat that we decided to adopt because him and Jack got along so well together and we also liked him so much. I think that Oliver would make a really great adventure cat. He loves to sprint out onto our balcony and into our hallway. Um, But we adopted him in April and it has been summer where we live and it's been a very hot summer and he is a very fluffy black cat. So um, I've put, I've been putting his harness on him a little bit and, um, but we haven't gone outside until actually today was the first time he went outside. And last night was his first long car ride and he did wonderful Um, He slept the whole car ride and today we took him outside and he definitely was a little bit nervous. Um, And so we're going to have to go slower with him because he's not he's not like a kitten like Jack was. He's almost two years old. So I think that it's going to be a slower process. But I'm really excited um, to like to learn his personality a little more outside and hopefully get him to like it. But if he doesn't like it, then he can be our indoor cat and be waiting for us for cuddles when we get back with Jack after hikes. Mm. And it could be that he likes cat exploring in a different way to Jack. So like with Lumos, he loves, because he obviously doesn't like hikes. He's happy to just sit in the backpack, but he loves it if we go to a park and he just sits there and eats grass. Or if we go to a cafe and he gets a pat 
Whereas Noxie will just prefer to be quiet at a cafe rather than go up and say hi. So, so I, I just learned I, to manage their personalities. Yeah, I think that's really true. Oliver is definitely more of like a social cuddly cat. So I can definitely see him enjoying more social situations more than Jack does when Jack just like wants to go and get some energy out. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's true. And I'm excited to figure it out. Do you know with Oliver, like whether he was an indoor cat previous to this before your adoption? Is that his life? I, act- I actually don't know anything about him previous to our, our adoption. Um, the rescue that we got him from and where we got Jack from, they rescue sh- um, cats from high kill shelters in other states and bring them to the city where they're more likely to get adopted. So sometimes they know the backstory of the cats if they were surrendered. Um, but I don't I don't know anything about him. I think that his birthday was just kind of guesstimated. So I don't think he had a family um, beforehand. But he's definitely a very loving cat and he seemed well taken care of when we got him. So I don't think he was I don't think he was too much of a stray for a too long okay because i just find it um, interesting that it took to exploring reasonably well given you know, given that he's now two years old so he's had a somewhat of a life already and he's now yeah taken up exploring just like yeah. it's it's like a natural at it almost yeah no i agree maybe he did have some outdoor time before us maybe he was an indoor outdoor cat or had lived on the streets for a little while but i guess we may never know <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned fostering kittens before and that's one thing that we know that you're really passionate about and it's always common for you to have a litter of kittens at your place Mm -hmm. we want to get your perspective on fostering kittens can you tell us why you foster kittens and what makes it so important to do so yeah um so I definitely throughout my two years of fostering cats my reason for doing it has changed from initially being like I kind of want to try trial run cat um to now Um, I don't know about any other countries, but in the U.S., we have a huge population of unneutered cats and unspayed cats and um, high kill shelters and well, cats having to be euthanized in high kill shelters because there just aren't people to take care of them and there isn't space for them. Um, And so I live in a city that is near several states that have really large, like uh, large cat populations and shelters that unfortunately have to euthanize a lot of cats um, every week, especially during the summer during kitten season. Um, And so I think that it's as someone who has space and who has time and who loves cats, I think that it's really important that I uh, I get to take in these cats and take care of them while they're on their way to their forever home. I get to be like a small piece in their life and help them find people who will love them just as much as I love my cats. And so, yeah, and so that's kind of why I do it. And I also think it's really, I I really love cats and I think it's really fun to get to meet cats and like get to know their personalities and then not have to commit to them to for the next 20 years of my life. I get to take care of them for a few months and then say, okay, now you go on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I completely understand that. So how did you start fostering kittens? Like, is there a process that you go through or yeah, how did you start? Yeah, so um, so the rescue that I work with is all foster based. So there's not a there's no cats in a shelter. Um, and so you apply and you 
have references and you, and then you get to every week there's emails and you get to pick out your cats. I think it probably works differently for all different rescues. Um, and so through my rescue, you get to pick cats that are, we have cats that are all ages. Um, and then you, you have that cat until it gets adopted. Um, and then you get, you take care of it. Like it's your own cat for that time. Um, and, but I don't, you don't pay the medical expenses. That's the rescue handles that, but you do everything else for the cat as if it was your own, own cat. So then what are the must have skills for fostering kittens? So I, because of my job and my time constraints, I don't foster kittens that need to be bottle fed. Um, Usually I usually take cats that are a little bit older, um, but are still young enough to get along well with Jack and now Oliver. Um, So if you are going to be a foster that has cats that need to be bottle fed, you would definitely need to talk to the rescue and learn how to do it. It's a skill that everyone could learn um, because it's not rocket science, science, but um, you would have to do that. But other than that, I think you just have to have a will and you have to have love to give an animal um, and you have to have space to keep it safe, but you don't need that much space. We live in a very small apartment for the number of cats we have in it. Um, and, um, yeah, I think you just need to have a will to want to, want to help these animals, um, in order, in order to start doing it. And are there any items that you need besides the, you know, usual that you expect like kitty litter tray and food bowls? No, absolutely not. I mean, some of our cats do come with some medical issues, um, but nothing has ever been, we haven't needed anything that we haven't been provided, provided for with the rescue. Okay. So it is fairly, it's almost identical to having your own cat pretty much you're saying oh absolutely yeah I mean they're just a cat who needs love for a few months (laughs) so then are there any misconceptions regarding fostering kittens um I think that something that I hear a lot is people who just say that they could never do it and they always say oh I could never do it I could never give up a cat oh I could never do it like I'm not home enough like oh I could never do it like I just like don't have the space and obviously everyone knows themselves and you have to do what's right for yourself. Um, And sometimes it is really hard to give up foster cats, but you just have to say that you're, you're just like a stopover and helping them find, find their way. And I actually now uh, vet and like help new fosters find their cats. And so what I always tell them is make it through your first one or two cats that you'll get attached to. And after that, it gets a lot easier because you, you just get used to the process of having to say goodbye. You, um, and then also people who say they don't have time which is definitely a fair thing to say, but a lot of times these cats would either be euthanized or in a crate somewhere. And so just even your bathroom with a bowl of food and like a comfy bed is a lot better than them being euthanized. So you don't have to, you don't have to be the world's best cat parent to your foster cats, but if you provide them a safe space, um, sometimes that's the best you can do. I, I really like that. That's something um that's quite that's hitting home to to me at the moment. But I do have to ask, besides Daniel's allergies, because I think having two cats already, like this morning, he was struggling to breathe. But one thing that has held us off is that workload of having extra um, kittens and cats. And something like already we struggle to balance our lives, keeping Lumos and Noxie happy. And I can't imagine adding kittens or particularly bottle feeding kittens to the Mm -hmm. mix because that does take some extra time. Like how do you manage your time when you have foster cats? And do you have any tips for anyone else in the cat explorer community who want to start fostering cats? 
Um, I mean, that's definitely something I struggle with. Um, and I don't think that I, I think that is something to factor in. Um, this summer we had our first mom and baby cats and I will say they were a lot of maybe more work than I expected them to be after fostering mostly adult cats. Um, but now at the end, they've all been adopted as of today. And it was totally worth it. But I do think that sometimes Jack and Oliver don't get quite as much attention um, when you're coming home and having to like bottle feed or have five cats to feed and litter boxes to change. Um, It's not as motivating to take Jack out for a walk at the end of that. Um, So I think one thing about fostering is you don't always have to have cats. Like you can have a foster cat and then you can take some time off. So right now we have a mom and kittens that are getting adopted and we're going to take at least a month or two off from fostering so that we can really pay attention to like Jack and Oliver and make sure that they're happy. So I don't think there's any magic answer to doing that, but I I think that you know yourself and like your own schedule um, and you can kind of do foster as much or as little as you want. Um, And once a cat gets adopted, you can not, you can take a break and focus on your own cats. So how many cats would you have at any one time? Well, it keeps going up. <laughs> we <didn't want> <laughs> <laughs> and now we own two. <laughs> and we had, at our high point, we had six, and it was a lot. It was too many. Um, for because if we had more, uh, if we lived in a bigger house, it would be different, and I would have a lot more. Um, I think that I think that we've have found probably the magic number is like one foster cat at a time. Um, maybe two for a short period of time. But if you only have one foster cat, we found you can kind of really integrate it into your house. Um, and it and it doesn't feel too overwhelming. It kind of just becomes part of, part of your normal cat, cat herd that you take care of. <laughs> we talked about how you have a couple of cats and then one of one or two of them is Jack and Oliver. Can you tell us a little bit how Jack looks after your fosters? Because we've seen that on the social media stories that he's quite a loving foster brother. Yeah. Um, so I have to say, obviously, Jack is really wonderful with our foster cats, but it's kind of taken some uh, trial and error figuring out what cats he gets along with best. Um, so we've kind of learned that we should really foster younger cats and particularly younger female cats um, and like kittens because Jack really likes to, if the cat, if the kitten seeks out Jack, he cuddles them and grooms them um, and really takes care of them and enjoys playing with them. Um, but I don't think that the Instagram ha- or like our Instagram stories are completely representative of like our experience because we've definitely had situations where Jack and the foster cat don't get along, particularly older cats or who are territorial who come into then Jack's like apartment. And so I, even though I really love senior cats and would like to foster them, I don't, we've kind of rolled that out. Um, because they just, we haven't, we haven't found that they get along with Jack, Jack super well. So what do you do when that happens when they don't get along? Uh, so last year we had an older gentleman, Cat Curtis, if people remember him, who was just the sweetest cat, but Jack just didn't like. And so, um, we actually asked our rescue to find it him a new foster and he ended up getting adopted before we could do that and of course the second we asked for a new foster jack and him started getting along better (laughs) 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 and um and so then we ended up keeping him for a few weeks until he got adopted um and i think that that was just like a two male situation like they were fighting for dominance um and then in the spring we had an older female cat that we were just temporarily fostering 
And she actually like lashed out at Jack a few times. Um, but luckily we had only agreed to take her in on a short term basis while her other foster was on vacation. And it kind of coincided to when that person was coming back. And so after that, I was like, okay, that's it. Like, this isn't healthy for Jack to be in these situations. Like, we're just going to do kittens and like younger female cats because that's who he gets along with best. Did you have to do any training to get Jack used to these foster kittens? No, I think that that's just kind of his personality. Um, And he but we do keep them separate a lot in the beginning and it kind of his relationship with them always slowly slowly builds over time um and we keep we definitely do proper introductions where we slowly keep them apart and like bring them together and then it's usually if we have a cat for longer like over a few months that's when their relationship builds and you get some really cute pictures of jack grooming the kittens and everything um but it's not right out of the bat that he usually usually interacts with the cats you kind of have to take it very slow um engage engage how comfortable he is that's really interesting because i have to admit lumos and noxy are quite jealous they get quite <laughs> jealous of animal, other cats other animal and we learned this week babies as well so <laughs> so every time we think about fostering i that's that has been one of my concerns because i've seen quite a few cats on instagram who have fosters in their house and they're very loving but it's kind of nice to hear that it's not always smooth sailing and that you do have to go through that process of introducing them yeah i hadn't thought about that yeah there's definitely a way to properly introduce cats of like keeping and there's a ton of resources online that are probably uh more like well-versed in it than I am, but, you know, keeping them in separate rooms. And there's some cats who just are never going to really care to interact with like foster kittens. Right. Um, But I think that there's a way to interact to um, bring them together where they're not, it's not going to be like negative. It's just going to be like kind of aloof towards the kittens. Um, And Oliver, this was his first year first like batch of kittens that we had with him and it definitely took him a while to figure out what was going on but in the past few weeks he's gotten like more and more into the kittens but you could definitely tell he wasn't happy and he was like a little he was a little off for for quite a while um when he was figuring out why there were all these other cats in his house um but we took it slow we kept them out of his space as much as we could so that he felt comfortable while he was figuring it all out so you mentioned slowly introducing the cats to each other. Can you talk about any particular tactics that you would, you would use to sort of achieve that? Is it something like, for example, what I've heard is that you, you get something of theirs that and you sort of give it to the other cat to sort of get them mm-hmm. used to that scent? Is that something that you would do? Yeah, so you kind of, um, we since we, we only have a one-bedroom small apartment, we don't have much space to keep the cats, so we usually put our foster cats in our bathroom, um, and then... We gauge from there. We've definitely had foster cats. Like when we brought Oliver into our house as a foster cat, by the afternoon, him and Jack got along and we let him out, um, which led to us adopting him. Um, but sometimes it takes days to let them out of the bathroom. Um, and then sometimes we put, we'll put Jack away and we'll let the foster cat out to get, to get comfortable in our, in our bed like apartment living room area without another cat there. And then sometimes we'll put Jack in the bathroom so he can smell where the foster cat was. Um, and I, I kind of know Jack well enough that I trust him and I can read like his body language when he's getting uncomfortable um, and when to separate them. But if they're, if they're just curious, I let them be curious with each other. Um, and then if they start hissing, then I separate and then I try again later. Um, but they're definitely sometimes they need to hiss and swat at each other a little to establish some like dominance. And so you let that happen a little bit and then you say, OK, separate and we'll try again later. And 
like the first thing that just came to my mind um, is do you like do anything to prepare Jack? So like do you trim his claws just in case he decides to swipe at the cat or something like that? The reason I say that is because we've had situations where Lumos and Noxie have been play fighting and Lumos actually scratched Noxie's eye. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So actually, I've never thought about doing that. Jack, fortunately, is not a cat who uses his claws very often, um, but he does like to kind of swat and like hit the foster cats when they first come. And I think it's kind of like a you're in my house now, like this is my space. But if he's doing it in a super aggressive way, I, I take like I wouldn't let that happen. But I I think that it's more just like a little like. I'm I'm the top cat here. Okay, now yeah, now you know my place. But maybe I'll start trimming his nails as a precaution. <laughs> Something to think about. Yeah. So, what advice would you give to people who are considering fostering kittens but haven't taken that first step yet? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think that I would first like reach out to your local shelter and figure out what their needs are. And I think that just like think about what you think you can take on and how your cats would interact. Um, and then I would just say, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Like it's not, it's at the end of the day, if it's not working, no no shelter is going to force you to be in a situation that isn't healthy for your cats or the foster cat. Um, but you don't know until you try. And I wouldn't have, if you had asked me two years ago, if I was going to have fostered as many cats as I have and continue to have this many, I would have told you no. Um, but it was just something that I just like really loved doing. So you don't know until you try doing it. That's so true. I, I just had a thought. So, for example, um, we live in Australia and there's just been some game-changing rules in the last year or so where um, apartment living has become a lot more cat-friendly, pet-friendly in terms of laws, like you're allowed to have pets and stuff. Is that an issue in the States where do you have to get permission from your landlord to foster cats as well? Um, So, I actually, it's very based on what building you live in and who your landlord is. And that's part of like, um, so I, so I vet foster applications and I call everyone's landlord and check. And some people have like rules of how many cats they can have. Um, And I, and there's a lot of places in the U S that you have to pay a fee for all of your pets and everything. Um, We're lucky not to live in one of those buildings and we kind of just get to have as many cats as we want. So it definitely is based I don't think there's any laws protecting anyone or anything, unfortunately. Yeah. Just, I just thought I'd um, mention that just, it might be something that people should check, look into because we don't want anyone getting in trouble or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's something that's a really good thing to consider. So, Morgan, we're coming up towards the end of the podcast, and we're now at this point where we're going to jump into our fast four questions. With the first one being, what's one piece of advice you'd give to new cat explorers? Um, I think I would say definitely do it, but be patient and don't look at Instagram and see a picture out of a cat on top of a mountain and think that that's exactly what you have to do or that that cat necessarily walked up there and is way better than your cat. Like, Be realistic about your expectations um, and just be happy with whatever your cat wants to do. Good point, because someone could have carried the cat for nine miles. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because it it wasn't their day. Yeah, right? (laughs) It's so true. I have some cute pictures of Jag on top of that horrible mountain. (laughs) (laughs) So what's been the most entertaining comment someone has said to you while you've been out and about with Jack? Or Oliver now? 
Yeah, so Oliver, no one has really seen him yet because it's just been in the backyard. But one time we were hiking with Jack, and I think I had him on my shoulders, and some guy started yelling, oh, my God, you caught a bobcat. And we're like, no, that's not the <laughs> thing. <laughs> so which cat explorers inspire you? Oh, my goodness. Well, of course, you all at uh, Lumos and Noxy. Um, we love OG Adventure Cat and Adventure Rio. I'm... Um, and Adventures of Peanut, I believe their handle is. Um, we love any cat that gets into some big scenery of some mountains um, and seems to really love doing it. Love doing it. That's the most important bit as well. So what product, service, or program has been a game changer for Jack and Oliver and your foster kitties? <laughs> yeah. Um, so our backpack, I think, has been an absolute game changer. And we actually leave it in our living room because Jack likes it so much. He sleeps in it in the car and he likes it on hikes. And I think that that's pretty like revolutionized as well as our retractable leash. That really made a big difference when we switched to that. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a blast. Where can we find you and Jack and Oliver online? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, we are just at Instagram and we're at Jack Hikes and it's Jack underscore hikes underscore on Instagram. Um, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. And what we'll do is we'll put those links and any other links from today's episode in the show notes available at catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Have you checked out the Cat Explorer store lately? We use the store to fund the podcast and all the other free things we create for you. So we would really appreciate it if you could check it out. We have hoodies, mugs, hats, t-shirts, stickers, patches, cat backpacks, and so much more. You can see all of it at catexplorer.co forward slash shop. Thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. That's it for today. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world.